Support comes from the Janice Hawkins Cultural Arts Park on the main campus of Troy University. Featuring the International Arts Center, the Fred Nall Hollis Museum, and the Hua Baozhu Gallery. More information at troy.edu slash artspark. From Troy Public Radio, this is In Focus, and I'm Carolyn Hutchison. Today is Halloween, and we invited artist Lisa Harrison to bring her impressive fiber art to the studio. Lisa's portrait creations of cats and dogs are so realistic, you want to touch their texture. Since it is Halloween, we started our conversation about a black cat. So, Lisa, thank you so much for joining us on Halloween as a fiber artist. Well, happy Halloween to you, and it's a pleasure to be here. I am looking at a picture that you did. It looks like embroidery. It's a black cat. Tell me about that. This is my cat, Kitty. And last Halloween, I decided to mark the holiday by doing a portrait of Kitty because she is a black cat. That's their day. That's their special day is Halloween. And this piece has possibly 20 different shades of black in it. So this was fascinating to do because black cats are not entirely black. They have a lot of different colors and the reflections on the fur and, and all of this. So this was a fun piece to do for Halloween. She looks very alert. Did she sit for her portrait or did you take a photograph? All of the pet portraits that I do are done from photographs, and cats are often difficult to photograph, but she did, in fact, sit still long enough to have a few photos made of her. So describe this cat. Her name is Kitty because she responded to that the best. and She was actually found. She lived in a church in downtown Montgomery, and I would just pass by and see her, and she was a feral cat. I kept calling her Kitty until I was able to actually get her and uh, take her home and make a pet out of her. So her image will live forever, your Halloween cat. Describe the type of art that you do. Well, we have a combination here of embroidery and needle felting, and some of the pieces have both embroidery and needle felting, and we also have a little bit of watercolor. And we have a lot of animal pictures. Some of them are pet pictures. We also have plant pictures, and you're working on house design pictures. So this is an array of different styles of art. How did you get involved in fiber art? Well, when I was a child, my mother was an embroidery artist. She did cruel embroidery, which my father referred to as sewing pictures. And I learned embroidery from my mother and just also from books. She had books on various crafts. Actually, needle felting is a fairly new fiber art. It began in the 1980s and has really developed since then. And I saw some examples of that and was fascinated by it because, to me, it has a look of maybe watercolors. But it's interesting because it has the 3D element to it as well. So I wanted to try that, and at first I was a little intimidated because of the needles. They are very long. They're very sharp. They look rather dangerous, and I was afraid that surely I was going to stab myself with one of these things. But then I discovered that you could buy these finger guards. So I learned to do that and have just developed it and practiced since then. Lisa, you have exhibited your 
fiber art, and at one of them, a child came up and was absolutely enthralled with one of the puppies you did. So let's describe it. It's needle felted, so the entire piece is made from wool. The wool is also used to create the eyes. I mean, every aspect of the animal. This one has shading. It has several different shades of wool in it. There are lots of different fibers that are used. It's a brown puppy with white down the front of its face. The eyes are so realistic. How did you get such realism in the puppy's eyes? Well, that's, again, just blending the fibers, several different colors, and you're able to blend them together with the needle as you're working. So this has got shades of green and yellow in it, and, of course, the black for the pupil, a couple of different shades of white for the highlight in the eyes. But there are a lot of colors in that one small space. And there's another dog, a companion dog. What is that? This is a Tibetan terrier. I saw a photo of this dog on Twitter. It belonged to a British musical theater artist named Michael Ball, and he had posted a photo of a dog that had passed away, and that's a breed that you don't see very much in America, and I was fascinated by this photo. So I did a felted picture of the dog, and then I emailed it to his management and asked if I could have permission to use this picture as a sample to show people the needle felty dog, and I got a response saying that he would be very happy for me to do that, so he liked it. Both these dog pictures are about a foot tall. You know, we were talking about Halloween black cats a minute ago, but here is another cat. I believe this cat is named Clara. Tell me about Clara. That was also my cat. Uh, this is another one who passed away, so these are memorial portraits. I've done some memorial portraits for other people as well, but Clara, this one is needle felted. Again, there are maybe 20 different colors used in this piece, and I blended these on the piece as I was doing it, the way you would blend paint on the actual picture itself. So this has a kind of impressionistic look to it. This is what I was fascinated by with the felting, needle felted art. To me, it has either a, a pastel or a watercolor look to it. And again, this was all blended as I was creating the picture. It is so realistic. And you have a Christmas cat. Right. One day I just decided it would be fun to see what it would look like to put a Santa hat onto a cat portrait. So this is just your basic tuxedo cat, but he's wearing a Santa hat with fluffy, fluffy white wool around it and uh, the little red hat with a little white ball. Lisa, I'm holding an embroidered picture of a black Labrador retriever. How do you get them so realistic looking? Blending, blending the different colors. This one is embroidered again, and this has maybe 30 or 40 different colors used in that one piece to create the different shades of black, gray, white, many, many colors in that one piece. Do you draw the design first? You draw an outline, so I also create a template showing me where those colors need to go. So I have an idea of where the darks are, where the lights are, where it will need to be blended. You're also getting into house design art. Well, I thought it would be interesting to create house portraits, so pet portraits and also <laughs> house portraits. My idea here was to combine watercolor and embroidery, so with the embroidery, you are able to create, especially with French knots. I love French knots for foliage. 
You can create the bushes, vines around the house, plants, and also for the, the large areas of the house, using watercolor. So these are done on canvas. So you've got a canvas fabric, watercolor, and embroidery. So where does the wool come from? All of my wool is sourced from places that produce it humanely. So this is humanely sourced wool, American products. Some of this is alpaca, some of it is merino. So I'm also looking into using non-animal fiber. Bamboo and silk, there are non-animal options out there as well. What's in the future for you as an artist? So I'm working on now creating pet portraits that combine embroidery and the felting. And again, using different kinds of fibers, maybe not so much of the animal fiber, but trying different fibers, mixing them together and continuing in that direction. You know, Lisa, this is radio, of course. So how can your listeners actually see your fiber art? I am on Facebook and on Instagram, and it is Lisa Harrison Fiber Art. I want to thank you for being our guest today. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure to be here. Joining us in the Montgomery studio for Halloween was fiber artist Lisa Harrison with her uncannily realistic animal portraits. Lisa's fiber art can be viewed on both Facebook and Instagram. Lisa Harrison Fiber Art. Thanks for joining us today for In Focus, which is a podcast on NPR One or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Carolyn Hutchison, and this is listener-supported Troy Public Radio.